Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is episode 89 and it's a new Q&A and street challenge. And I'm happy to have my friend and former guest on the show, Susan Rosenberg-Jones from New York City. And after answering a few listener questions, we will give the names of the winners of the last street challenge and announce a new one before giving our picks of the week. Welcome, Susan. How are you? you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you, Valerie. tell, Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your work. You were on the show in the early days so it was probably uh episode we'll have to link to it because it was such a, a fun fun project you were working on um so it was probably uh, not even episode 10 at that time that's right so, i am still working on that project although i'm uh, working on other projects since then uh, i've been photographing for years and years actually since I was in high school. And I have in the past been a, a darkroom printer. Uh, I, as, a, as a living, I, I was a black and white custom printer. And then I moved into the digital age. And uh, I've always had a job, a day job, and done my photography for myself. And in the more recent years, I've uh, been working on portrait social documentary projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one that I was working on uh, that where we were talking about was was uh, about where I live in Manhattan, the building where I live. It's called Building One. And uh, I'm doing environmental portraits of original tenants who've been living in this uh, apartment complex since the 70s, some of them. Mm-hmm. And how my neighborhood has changed so much and it's gotten really ritzy and glitzy. And... Uh, But there are a lot of the original tenants give the neighborhood uh, its diversity. So uh, it's a, a New Yorker that is having to move further and further out of the center of the city because of uh, what's happened economically mm-hmm. in New York and in other places, too. San and Francisco, still working, Berlin. Yeah, you're still working on that project, right? I'm still working on this project. I yeah. actually have a, a solo show of, uh, of, of the project coming up in uh, September in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania at a gallery called Camera Works. So I'm very pleased about that. Exciting. Yeah. And um, I, I guess I, you know, I've been working on other projects as well. I, I've uh, been photographing my husband, who is my second husband, and it's uh, intimate portraiture. I love those. Based images. on our relationship. Thank mm-hmm. you. And uh, that... Um, I have uh, some group shows coming up where uh, some of those images are going to be seen. And uh, I've gotten a lot of pleasure about out of this this project. It's yes. a lot of fun. And it's something I always have my camera with me in the house. And it's, it's, it's really... Um, it's snapshots really of everyday life. Correct. Everyday life. And I love so, the one of him at the barber's. That oh, one just thank you. Was just selected, wasn't it? Yes, that was selected for a show in Budapest. That's going to be this week opening. Such a beautiful photograph. Thank you. Wow. And so, yeah, so I'm I'm still, you know, self-directing. I I come up with ideas, uh something that sometimes they're tangents off off of something else. So now I'm going to work on I have a new project ruminating. Uh, I haven't actually started shooting for it yet, but I'm going to start soon and it's about widows and widowers. Oh, wow. And because I was a widow uh, mm-hmm. for a while, and I, it, was a, it was an amazing experience of uh, grief and, uh, I, you know, 
sort of dealing with sickness and grief and uh, loss and uh, uh, rebirth kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's all these things. It's, it's, it's very um, all encompassing feeling. And it's, it's people, you know, have all kinds of experiences. And I, I thought it would be interesting to photograph uh, some people and uh, talk to them and see how they're feeling, what, what part of the journey they're, they're on right now and how they, uh, how they cope with it. I, I really want to have you on a, on a special show about that because I always encourage the listeners and try to even fit one in myself, uh, a personal project such as, just such as what you do. And, um, Maybe not always to that extent, but there's so many different levels. You can work on a personal project um, mm-hmm. and, um, and the research you do and everything. I think it would be really good to, uh, to have you elaborate on that on oh, a special sure. episode. So, well, that's really, oh, that really fun. awesome. Well, we'll just jump right into the Q&A segment. I'll read the first question. Who came to us from uh, Rob Wareham in the Street Focus Facebook group? He asked, If you get selected to exhibit in a call for entry, how can you take advantage of the opportunity and promote your love for street photography and hopefully recoup the, co- the cost incurred or even profit from the experience? Um, okay, well, I just, um, just had the experience of being the juror in a call for entry, so I have a little bit of experience. But uh, Susan, how about you? Well, I, um, I do exhibit, uh, I do submit two calls for entry on a regular basis. And uh, I found that uh, there are many of them now because there's a huge photography community mm-hmm. and so much is online. It's, um, it, it, it is a profit center for a lot of those who put out the calls for entry. So I suggest that uh, you're a little bit selective and which ones you want to enter because some of them are expensive, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not all. Some of them are really reasonable. Um, so that's number one. I, I would also suggest that you really look at who the jurors are, what type of work that they like or edit. Um, the venue where it's going to be, is it, a, is it a photography gallery? Is it a magazine? Um, and see if you feel that you fit in with mm-hmm. their their shtick. <laughs> and um, once you determine that it's a good place for you to enter, then go for it. Um, the cost, well, let's say you're selected and you have to submit, um, you have to print and frame two photos and send them, um, send them in or, and then you go to the opening and nobody actually, you put a price on your work, but nobody, you, nothing gets purchased. So then you're left with beautiful framed prints of your own. Um, after a while, there's, you know, there's no wall space left in your house. Uh, a lot of, you know, some of my friends, uh, photographers who do these and they have the group shows and they, nothing sells, they, they offer their friends, you know, they give them a price mm-hmm. on Facebook. I've bought, I like to collect work from uh, photographers I know who are emerging photographers, so wonderful artists. And I have bought photos from, from uh, other photographers, which I'm, you know, happy to display in my house. And, uh, you know, that's what I would suggest. Yeah, that's that. true. And I, I don't think, I don't think the first, I, I think you enter a call for entry not to make money out of it. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think it's really should be, it's like the little ego boost you need as an artist once in a while, you know, to have your work 
in a gallery yeah. and the satisfaction you get out of it. Um, I don't, I, it's definitely not a way to make money. No. Um, but you know, if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, well, you're, you can, you can keep it, put it on your wall or, um, or give it as a, as a gift. Mm -hmm. It's, I know the, the call for entry that I just, um, that I just finished, um, people, because it was an international call for entry, it could get pretty spendy for people to ship, you know, a, a framed photograph. So they made it possible to actually print at the gallery. And then instead of having it, you could have it custom framed, mm -hmm. or you could just rent uh, a frame and have it framed just for the duration of the exhibit. So that's also a possibility, which can be um, definitely less expensive too. But I don't think you want to do calls for entry for for profit. I think it's more for exposure and and satisfaction. I agree with you totally. I, as a matter of fact, a couple of uh, group shows I'm in, the, the one that we just discussed and then another one coming up this summer, uh, they're doing the printing and framing. Um, and I paid a little bit extra for that, so I didn't mm -hmm. have to bother. But um, I agree with you that it's really, it's the exposure and the experience more than the profit. And when uh, Rob says even profit from the experience, well, you do profit, but maybe not monetarily. Exactly. Um, yes. You, good first of all, you expand your community. Uh, it's really, I find the, the good, you know, one of the positives about so much uh, photography being on the internet is that you get to know other photographers and they get to know you. And it's really, it's really good. I mean, it's a wonderful way to, um, to build community, to, to be able to give and take and uh, share work, get ideas, give ideas, all that. Um, and then someone might see your work, I would say, promote, promote it. Because when you, you're in an exhibit, there's always a visual that you could put on Facebook or Twitter mm -hmm. and share that you are showing. And, and then people will see it. Oh, it's, yeah, it, it looks good on a resume. So Correct. To speak. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. So, and I think, I mean, it's not realistic to enter a call for entry every week or every month. I mean, I again, you have to be selective. Mm -hmm. Best if it can be in a community where you can actually attend the show. I mean, yes. most people are not going to travel across the country to, you know, to an opening if they only have one print on the wall. But some may. I mean, and some will, like the the opening for the call for entry, I was just a juror on. Um, the exhibit is next week. And I know some of the photographers who uh, got in are traveling from um, from different parts of the country. But, um, it you know, usually you try to enter something more local. That way you have the satisfaction of actually being able to be there, mm -hmm. um, which, uh, which, definitely enhances the experience. Yep, it yeah. does. So, well, I think that pretty much answers it. Um, again, look for the price. Usually a call for entry. I mean, of course, it is a way to support a gallery, a photo center, um, and uh, and it costs them a lot of money to actually, you know, host the grand opening party and the, and the food and everything. So mm -hmm. this, is, this is financing that part. But they usually don't run much more than... 30 or so dollars for like three photographed or photographed or something. So don't go and spend hundreds of dollars. Uh, I would be a little suspicious there. Mm -hmm. They should not be quite, quite that high. But yeah, expect to spend anywhere between 30 to $50, wouldn't you say? Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. so, That's the sweet spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think and then it's fair for everyone. 
Great. Uh, do you want to read the next question? The next question, Yuri Rosin uh, asks, how big and rich does a portfolio need to be to approach editors? Okay. Well, I think we'll probably have the same uh, <laughs> same answer there. It needs to. It's it's more about quality and not quantity, wouldn't you say? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I think you need to have. I mean, I would say for quantity, fifteen to twenty mm-hmm. images, don't you think, Valerie? Yeah, um, I mean, it all depends if he's talking uh, online portfolio on a website or if it's actually prints that you present to an editor. Right. I don't know what's your experience with that. Uh, I would say fifteen to twenty. Uh, prints that you've edited and sequenced mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's they it's good that they they kind of work together as a group mm-hmm. uh, like there's a theme yes and that they work really beautifully together but that individually they also stand alone yes as a good photograph yeah unless unless the they're looking for a, a story in a series of images, but yes, they have to be definitely strong photographs. Correct. Alone. Yeah. Correct. Um, and I wonder if he's more, uh, he may be referring to an online portfolio as in a website, but again, there you want to be very, very discriminating with mm-hmm. your work and just show your best work, even mm-hmm. if it, and, 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 Find out what is your best work. I mean, sometimes we're emotionally attached to a photograph that doesn't really, um, that that may not be the strongest photograph. So Yes, mm-hmm. that's one of the hardest things to do, to edit your own work. And there might be some sentimental uh, choices in there, but when you really have to look at it as an outsider, it, you just have to remove yourself. Mm-hmm. And just think that you're just looking at it as a photograph. Does it work as a photograph? Not because there's something emotional that you have but, you know, tied to it. And, and ask for some help. Uh, there are uh, groups, you know, uh, get together with peers that you trust. Um, and then you can exchange um, that um, feedback from uh, within the group. Exactly. I love taking uh, critique classes. Mm-hmm. And I'm also involved in a, uh, a group now of women, uh, Women's Photography Alliance. And um, we actually get together and sometimes we bring work and we lay it out on a table and everybody talks about it. It's very helpful. Mm-hmm. For it's sure. Very helpful. And it's really helpful to make prints, even if you make little scrap prints and to just put them down, put them on a wall and look at them, move them around, see how they look. I know it is. I just, well, I'll be talking about that during my pick of the week. I just had a a, a great print experience as I'm about to have my uh, show next week. That is the opening for Paris Je T'aime. And uh, just seeing your work in print or coming out of a printer, it's exciting. Yeah, it's very and, exciting. And we don't do nearly enough of that anymore. I mean, let's face it, everything is on a screen. And mm-hmm. uh, and and really, it's not that expensive, you know. Even if you do something small, um, just to have, yeah, even print it on your own. I mean, printers are pretty good now. Although it feels like it's cheaper to have it done, and even in a really good lab than having the the right equipment. Um, and uh, and look at your at your work on, you know, hang it on the wall, rotate it, or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a if you do a call for entry, well, then that's the opportunity to have some exactly. prints on your wall. Exactly, exactly. That's true. It's a it's a motivation to actually see your work in print uh, mm-hmm. as a bonus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Great. Uh, next question. Do you want to read it? Photography is a hobby. How to work photography into a busy professional life every day. Well, and that came to one. us uh, from Bud, oh, James, Bud uh, James from the Street Focus Facebook group as well. Yep. Well, Bud, I, I deal with this every day because I've always had a day job. And uh, I love to, well, the work that I'm working on now is the kind of thing where I make appointments and make it happen just by uh, uh, approaching somebody who I want to photograph getting them to agree, uh, setting a day and time. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I don't uh, like to flex my photographic muscles every day. So, and I think it's really a good idea to do it. Um, I took a course a couple of years ago, I think it was called a roll a day. And it was, you know, harking back to the film era where you would shoot a roll of 36 uh, frames. And so I tried to do that with my, whatever camera I have with me. I if I have my 35 millimeter um, carry, I've been carrying it with me a lot. I just use it. If it's just my phone, I use that too. I'm mm -hmm. a heavy Instagrammer and I get to, it's just like a sketchbook for me. Yeah. You know, just ideas. Like I'll just photograph something that, it, that catches my eye and I'll frame it and I'll compose it and I'll do a little editing and put it up there. And it's just every single day. And I try to make time. I don't know if you work in an office or where, but most of us get lunch hours or lunch half hours. Go out during just instead of sitting at your desk and eating at your desk, which a lot of people do now, mm -hmm. get out, take your camera and go out and shoot. Yeah, get some exercise in the process too. It's, it's yeah, it's really when you start doing that, you realize, wow, this is nice. I'm walking. It's like fresh yeah. air. You know, it's a good idea to do it. And on the way to work, on the way from, I've been photographing on the subway mm -hmm. with my phone because it's the only photography sometimes I get to do during the day. But it's fun. Oh, definitely. And as street photographers, I mean, chances are we work somewhere where there are people. So mm -hmm. every every moment is an opportunity. Um, and and most you know most people have a lunch break, as you said, and and just walk around the block of your building if you're in a city. Yep. Um, but and with your camera um, instead of. Uh, Instead of going to the gym or, you know, sitting at your desk or, uh, you know, just because um, I know a lot of people will go to the gym during the lunch break. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> you know, right. if you go for a walk, it can replace that and then you get your photography in. So um, I think I think sometimes it's just an excuse Like there is not enough time. Exactly. You have oh. to make the time. Maybe you watch too much TV. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I kept TV completely out of my life. Yeah, and it's... I have a whole lot more time now. Uh, maybe you spend too much time on the Internet. I'm guilty of that, you know, because my it's, it's in my pocket. So <laughs> it's really exactly. easy to do. But, yeah, maybe it's time to turn off the phone for, uh, for 30 minutes and go out with the camera instead. And even in your own home, as a street photographer, you don't have to limit yourself to street photography mm -hmm. i photograph light around my home you know mm -hmm. things that on my windowsill that look beautiful in a certain time at a certain time of day i mean just ordinary thing um all those exercises you do to to see and capture ordinary objects will serve you in your photography every day Exactly. You, you're, we're on the same page, exactly, mm -hmm. because I do the same thing. I photograph around a house of beautiful light. Also, you know, at the office, let's say you work in an office, um, the beautiful things in there, too. You know, you don't even realize maybe some of your coworkers wouldn't mind you photographing them or maybe um, 
you know, there's some kind of, you know, there's a lot of visual, you know, open doors to offices with the light streaming in. I mean, mm-hmm. there's lots of things Shadows. around you. Mm-hmm. Shadows. Um, Kathy Ryan, who is the uh, photo editor of the New York Times Magazine, she has a whole series where she just uh, started photographing in her office. Oh, fun. I'll yeah. have to check that out. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, why not? And it does, it, it informs sometimes your other work. Yeah. Oh, I, I think so. So, um, but just get out there. No excuses. Just cut something, something <laughs> just back, you know, just do it. <laughs> Spend exactly. less time doing something do else. Just go do it. And the more it. you do it, you'll the happier you'll be. Yes, true. And the more you'll grow. So yep. it's a win-win it's for a sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have time for one more question that came to us from Michael Schmidt via Facebook. What is the most effective way to promote your street photography? Well, we touched on that a little bit already, but um, Susan, although you don't do just street photography, it's more documentary. What is mm-hmm. your what has been your most your 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 favorite way to show your work? Uh, my favorite way has been well, I've, I liked I've gone to portfolio reviews mm-hmm. uh, last year. I went to. Actually, one in 2015. No, I guess I went to two portfolio reviews last year and one the year before. And that helped jumpstart interest in my work. Uh, From there, I was put on a couple of blogs and a podcast. That's how I found you. Exactly. And um, interest developed. People started to follow me on Facebook and all that. Then I uh, worked... Then on Facebook, I've just gotten involved in some photography communities. And pretty soon, you know, I've built up a lot of friends on Facebook who are other photographers. And so I will, you know, promote if I have a show coming up or if I have a new image that I really like that I've I've just done for one of my projects, I slap it up there and people see it. And it's just, it promotes, it's a way to... um, promote my work yeah yeah work on on a project that's going to stand out you know mm-hmm. um that will that may get picked up there are some and i've had so many guests on the show who've had those amazing success stories through just one project that just went viral mm-hmm. um it could be very fleeting probably doesn't last but right. <laughs> hey, right. that's quite that's quite fun um and then yeah find the social media uh platform that that works for you um I, I really, I love Instagram and I'm still new. I just started this year, but um, what a fun platform. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I, and, I'm, and, I'm just addicted to it. Yeah, and not as limiting as, well, Facebook, who uh, if you have a page, they limit the views so much mm-hmm. that it's really, unless you sponsor something, it's really not worth worth it. I love my Facebook audience and I still post every day and I will continue to do that. Uh, but sometimes people say, I haven't seen any of your work in weeks. I'm like, well, it's every, it's on there every day. But um, unless you ask for notification, you could you know, pages disappear from your, from your stream, which I yeah. find really unfortunate because, you know, out of what, 11, 12,000 people following my page, some posts only get visibility to a few hundred. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's the way it is, you know, that's the way Facebook makes money. And, right. <laughs> you know, we can't blame right. them. That's, that's the purpose yeah. uh, of, of the business. But um, yeah, uh, Google Plus kind of 
fell off. Uh, you know, I I don't post there very much anymore. Um, I don't think it's as very engaging com- as engaging a community as there used to be. So I think it's important to find to to do little but do it well mm-hmm. versus yeah. spreading out too thin. And when you do do it, I, I don't have a Facebook. I just have my own Facebook mm-hmm. page. Which is the better a, way to do it, actually. Yeah. You, do, you have more visibility. Mm-hmm. So I, I so I don't put a photo on there every day necessarily, just once in a while because I don't want to kill people with it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And um, but I, I do have a lot of photography centric posts. Yeah. And uh, I you know I, I look at other people's and it's a it's just a good feeling to uh, have this community. Yes, and and there are a lot of groups. I mean, the mm-hmm. um, just for street focus, we have a group on Facebook and one on Google yep. Plus, and and uh, there are a lot of communities. But again, it's easy to be added to those communities, or sometimes sometimes people add you without asking you. And then what's the point if you never post? So do and 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 so often people ask me, "Oh, would you join my community?" I said, "You know what? I just don't have time, and it's not fair to be in this community and not share." And mm-hmm. not participate. So I think it's really important to to do what you feel comfortable doing, and that you will be able to. Uh, don't take on. How do you say that? Don't take on more than you can. More chew. More than you can chew. That's yeah. right. Um, because that that gets out of hand very quickly. And uh, so yeah, do less but better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So. Agreed. Okay. Well, those were good questions. Thanks everyone for submitting them on social media. You can you can send them directly uh, through the podcast link, or you can find me on social media or through the the street focus groups. So keep sending them because um, we can't have a Q and A without the cues. Great. And the winners are the theme last month was shadows. And uh, didn't get a ton of entries like we usually do, but it wasn't the first time we did the shadows either. So, um, but there were some good ones. Susan, who was the winner of uh, the shadows challenge? Well, I had a hard time. There were a lot of good ones. Um, And I had a hard time deciding, but if I had to, I really was drawn to Yuri Rosin's photo, Mm -hmm. Montpellier, France. Of, is it a shadow of a tree and one of the and all the branches are, are they're displayed on the ground the shadows and then there's a woman walking and her shadow looks like another branch mm-hmm. and I just thought it was just visually just so satisfying yes very interesting and uh, not ordinary correct mm-hmm. correct yes, definitely so that was my number one okay and um, I picked a photograph by Sally Kogel, and it was a close-up of a man with a hat sitting next, sitting by a wall, and he has perfect shadow right uh, to the side of him. I mean, you can yeah. even see his glasses, and um, and it's very well-defined shadow. It looks like it was. Um, not sure if it was a street portrait. Um, there is eye contact, but it looks more that looks more like. Um, maybe she photographed him and he looked up at that moment. Mm-hmm. It's not very clear. She didn't uh, give us an explanation uh, uh, with the photo, but um, it doesn't look like it's a post portrait. It looks more candid. I agree. Uh, but nevertheless, um, it's really all about the, the shadow. And um, it, it's a really, it's it's a good shadow. I really, a very well defined shadow. Yeah. I love the way the glasses look in the shadow. I know, that's the point. Yeah. It's all those details. And, yeah. and it's important when you do shadows and silhouettes is to have 
have some some separation and definition. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you won't um, you won't recognize it very easily. So. Mm-hmm. This one was particularly good. So the winners will each receive an ebook of their choice from Rocky Nook. Okay. Next. Um, next street challenge. We decided on rainy days. Rainy day. So um, street photography. I love rainy days. Actually, I was, I'm just back from teaching a workshop in Paris and we had uh, a half a day of rain. And um, although it was... The second day and everybody was a little little bummed by it. It ended up being wonderful. So many opportunities. Susan, do you shoot in the rain a lot? Yes, I love to shoot in the rain. Uh, my favorite kind of rainy day is the misty rainy, mm-hmm. like where it's been foggy. There's a steady kind of mist, which is it's not a pouring rain, but it's it makes everything so beautiful. Uh, the colors kind of pop out. I mean, I, I do shoot in color. And uh, the way that just colors emerge from the gray and the mist gives a glow. So I, I do love to shoot in that kind of rain. On a heavier rainy day, uh, there's all these opportunities for drama. Mm-hmm. And um, photo, I photographed through plastic by sea on the street and, mm-hmm. you know, hanging in, um, you know, outside of, of, of markets where they have the plastic over the, the flowers, you know, and the yeah. rain is dripping down. And, uh, you know, you catch somebody, uh, umbrellas uh, could be really beautiful, uh, like a light colored umbrella. If you catch somebody under it, it gives a glow, almost mm-hmm. like you had a light. Yes. Um, and then, uh, or if you see a really gray scene and then you see colorful umbrellas dotting it. I mean, it's, uh, it's cliched, but there's always a way to make a fresh. Yeah, there is a good way and a bad way, but <laughs> umbrellas do work. It's funny because I saw a post about that recently on Facebook, like not another umbrella picture as well. I right. said an umbrella done right is a good street, is a strong street photograph. That so it's true. Yeah. And somebody being splashed by a, a car going by is yes. always... It's another sort of cliche, but you know it's funny. It, it is, and uh, and yes, use use the rain as a filter. Or uh, if you're inside a cafe and the rain is hitting the, the the window, well, focus on that and let the scene behind you be out of focus. Yes, and and it, it I I love doing that. I was doing that in Paris recently, and I do it anytime there is rain. I just love it. Uh, I can't get enough of rain. I mean, I wouldn't want it every day. I think it would get old. But uh, when we have the opportunity to have a, a rainy day and we're on a we're on the street oh those i mean even the next day we keep looking for puddles you know uh, <laughs> that are drawing oh, because the puddles yeah. yeah puddles are great you know get um just had a, a a shot that i was particularly happy with in rome although we didn't have any rain there was a puddle i think because they were uh they they had washed the street and uh and it was on cobblestone and then i i captured um uh uh, a reflection so half of the person was on the puddle the other half was in so the top part of the body was reflecting on the puddle mm-hmm. and then at the top of the frame you could see the other half of the person in as the actual subject so yeah. many ways to use rainy days and street photography uh, mm-hmm. be creative and enter your best shot by june 23rd in the uh, comment section for episode 89. And we'll put a few samples. Maybe I'll ask Susan to send me a few pictures as well. And we'll put a little gallery together to uh, give you some inspiration. But Wonderful. try to come up with your own stuff and, and be creative. Great. Yes. 
Okay, now it's the segment where we talk about our picks of the week. Anything photography related. Susan, you have two things for us today. Yes, I have two books. The first one is a book by Lindsay Adario, who is a, an award-winning uh, documentary photographer, photojournalist. And uh, she wrote a memoir. It's called It's What I Do, A Photographer's Life of Love and War. And she talks about how she started as a street photographer, and then she um, got an opportunity to go to Afghanistan and photograph. And um, she ended up being a, a very busy photojournalist uh, photographing in war-torn areas, uh, Africa, Middle East. Uh, and she still to this day is, is, is working. And wow. uh, she's a wonderful photographer. I've always liked her work. And it, it, but the thing I love about this memoir, she talks about the work-life balance and how she managed to have a personal life. Um, she talks I need about, to read that. <laughs> it, uh, yes, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's, what's really wonderful is that um, she's also a really good writer, and she writes about some tense moments where she was kidnapped, and oh, wow. she thought she was going to be killed, and uh, it, you're right there with her, uh, you know, holding your breath. So it um, reads like almost like uh, it, it, there are images, but it's not just images. It's a story. That's right. It's, okay. it's, it's, she divides it into chapters and she tells about her early life, how she got interested Wonderful. in photography. She talks about um, different countries, you know, Istanbul, Afghanistan, Pakistan, it, Libya. And in each chapter are photographs. Mm -hmm. uh, so while you're reading about where she's doing, you then you see photographs that she took during that time. So it's a it's a book it's a memoir with photographs. Oh, well, I'm uh, that's I'm going to order just, it right after we finish recording. I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And then the second book is a a book by a photographer named Haley Morris Cafiero. And uh, she I don't know if she was overweight before, but she gained the freshman uh, 15. She gained She said she gained the freshman like 60. And uh, she's been overweight for several years. Uh, she has a hyperthyroid problem and, you know, all that. She actually teaches photography in um, at a school in Memphis at a college. But she's I've, I've had the opportunity to meet her. She's really wonderful. But she started photographing on the street. She was doing a project where um, she was doing some self-portraits. So she had herself in Times Square and she set up the camera. She had an assistant um, stay with the tripod so the camera didn't get stolen. And she clicked her you know, remote shutter and she took photos. After she looked at the images, she saw that people were looking at her, men and women, either laughing at her, pointing at her, uh, look, making faces of disgust, you know, because she was fat, basically. Mm -hmm. So she started a project called Weight Watchers, W-A-I-T, but then now she calls it The Watchers. And the book is called The Watchers. And you see that she's photographed herself in different places uh, all over the world, really. There's one in Paris here with the Eiffel Tower and um, sitting at a, at a table and chair in Times Square, people looking back at her. Wow. Um, yeah, on Venice Beach, you know, like walking on the boardwalk. Uh, it's just, it's, it's her, like, you know, kind of that fat shaming thing that mm -hmm. she's, that she's talking about. It's very interesting because it has elements of street photography, uh, performance art. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of all, all of that mixed up. Wow. And I, it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. She has a website and, um, you can buy the book on there. 
Okay, so we'll put the links in the show note for both. It's what I do book.com is for the first one, right? Mm -hmm. And then this one we can say it on the we can say it now so that if people don't have time to go look at the show notes, what where could can they find it? Or what is the oh, title of the book? The Watchers? The Watchers by okay. Haley H A L E Y Morris M O R R I S hyphen Cafiero. Capital C-A-F-I-E-R-O. Much easier to go to the show notes of 80, episode 89 <laughs> and click on the link. There you go. There you awesome. Go. Well, thank you. Well, I'm definitely uh, going to check into those. I always um, I collect photography books. And uh, the first one, the memoir, sounds really, really interesting. It is. So, uh, and my pick of the week is actually a photo lab, WHCC, White House Custom Color. They've been in my lab uh, for over... 10 years. Oh, it's probably much longer than that now. Um, their, their main headquarter is in, um, in Minnesota, just um, south of Minneapolis. And they, they serve all over the world. They also have another, I think they have another one in Texas, I believe. Um, I'm, I've always been extremely happy. I, Never made a lot of prints, but whenever I had to or I have to order a print, that's where I ordered because I've had a lot of damaged prints before I switched to WHCC. You know, either that came through the mail and were bent or whatever. Their their packaging is amazing. I mean, you could almost drive a truck over the box; your print would not be damaged. It's mm -hmm. quite amazing, and. Um, I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Um, I just had, um, for my exhibit opening, 30 standout prints produced there, large prints on standout mounts, which is like three quarters of an inch uh, with a black uh, side, um, so that I don't have to, um, to frame all those prints. So they invited me to the lab to see the production. And, and I'm talking... A lab. It's not open to the public. You don't just walk in there, you know, and pick up your order. It's all done by by mail. They ship internationally. Um, it, it's overnight. Uh, it's free shipping if you order. I think more than twenty dollars. I mean, it, it is just incredible, an incredible service. But I was just blown away by the quality control. I was there, we we're hoping to put a video together because I was there with a friend of mine who did some video of the process, you know, seeing my work uh, come out the, the printers. Um, then um, they would put a coating because those print standouts, you actually touch the print when you hang them. So there is a coating that prevents um, thumb thumbprints and then uh and then how their the, the the photograph is placed on this board it was just amazing and and then they would find a teeny tiniest little speck of dust between the print and the and the the coating and they would redo i'm like i can't even see this little speck of wow. dust but their quality control is i mean second to none i i it was such a treat to see to see the, the workers there. Everybody's so happy. I mean, they're all photographers. It's, it's a big space. I mean, it's like, it, it's the size of a, a big store. And it's like a small factory and a very, um, also very environmentally friendly. It's all, um, the, the roof of the building. It's a modern building, all covered with solar panels. 
And uh, the the work, the value, I would never print myself after seeing that. There's no way. There's no wow. way I can do what they do. And they do it so well with so much care. And um, and I want to thank them again for inviting me to to visit um, and, and see my work from, you know, coming out of the printer to the finished product. I'm going to do um, a blog post about that uh, soon. And uh, so whcc.com, White House Custom Color. And um, you get actually two trialer service for free. They will send you free prints so that you can check out their, their product. I mean, that's pretty pretty amazing. And I think they're eight by tens or something. Uh, so you can great. try different papers and, and such. They will ship that to you for free so you can give them a try. And I can guarantee you if it's like me, I'll never switch. I'll never switch printer because they're just, I mean, they're local. So it's great. I, I, I order in the afternoon. It's delivered the next morning and, uh, and for free. So because I usually have more than, you know, 17 or $20 worth of print at any time, but their prices are so reasonable. So give them a try, whcc.com. And I'll be talking more about this whole printing thing uh, when our little video is complete um, and the whole exhibit experience, you know, from curating to the grand opening. So I'll be doing a sh special show of the whole experience after the opening of my um, Paris Je T'aime exhibit and also the call for entries, the 75... Um, Uh, winners of the call for entry will all be at the same gallery um, as of uh, starting um, June 10th at the Minneapolis Photo Center. So if you're around, go check it out. Okay, well, that was a long pick of the week, but I was so excited about it because... Uh, <laughs> oh, I, listen, I'm going to check them out. Oh, it is great. Just... It's like a lab with integrity is just rare yes and, uh, yes and yeah. you can tell they love what they do i had so much fun hanging out there and and watching it all and and taking pictures of the of everything and um and so i can't wait to see the my friend is putting that little video together and uh, i can't wait to uh to share that on youtube as well so okay now any announcements susan um any announcements Well, I mean, personally, I, I have, um, I'm going to have, I'm going to be in a show at the Center for Fine Art Photography nice. uh, in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is a great place. I'm, I'm actually going to go to, I'm traveling to that one uh, because apparently they, they treat their photographers really well. They have portfolio reviews at the time when you're there. And uh, so uh, to check out their website, they're a really good place mm -hmm. and they do have calls for entry on a regular basis. Good. So. Awesome. And then you'll be starting your new project. So definitely we'll catch up yes. with you uh, maybe in the fall when that's... Oh, uh, that would be great yes. when that's underway. Uh -huh. That's, that's I think awesome. I want to make... Um, I'm going to do a little more text in this one. So okay. I'm looking for... Uh, I'm going to be able to record someone talking and then transcribe what, they, what he or she is saying. Nice. Along with the photograph. I oh, love that's words nice. pictures that's, together. Yeah. Well, that would be a good book. I Hopefully. hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Well, talking about book, my street photography ebook was released a couple weeks ago, and it's been very popular. Great reviews. I'm really excited. So I'll link here, but uh, you can find it on my website, um, or if you Google my name, it will pop up. And it's street photography from first steps and beyond, and it's um, it's all all you need to to know to get started in street photography. And if you're already a street photographer tips on how to make stronger images. So check it out. 
uh, it's available for download through Gumroad. And I've been very happy with, with the service. Um, I haven't had any, any little glitches or anything. So very smooth sailing so far for my first, uh, my first ebook release. And uh, I'm already working on a second one and a print book, but that will be something different. So more on that soon, hopefully. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for coming on the show. It was so, so fun to, uh, to do uh, a show with a girl for once. <laughs> it, was, it was my pleasure. I really, really enjoyed this. Good. It's, I love uh, the show and uh, you and everything you're doing. Uh, it's great. Thank you. And I hope to catch up with you in New York this fall when I'll be there in October. Oh, definitely. We should get together. We'll go have dinner. Sounds yes. good. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and upload your image for the new street challenge, Rainy Days. The deadline is June 23rd. And if you enjoy the show, please don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes and to also talk about it and share on social media. That's the best way to support us. My name is Valérie Jardin. And you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets. Hey.